front of episode, typically pre-roll, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code SHOWS OFFER CODE. <laughs> oh, probably science. Use the offer code probably science. That's 10% off. Probably science. Probably science. I'm Andy Wood. With me is Jesse Case. Hello. And Matt Kirshen. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing very well. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, I uh, had, had a fun time yesterday watching the Oscars. We're drinking the remainder of the Oscar berries yes, and the remainder of the Oscar are. snacks. We are. We're having a little leftover Oscar party. I, um, I attended the... Um, uh, the Red Drapes event, and that was mm. that wasn't good. <laughs> Is that not? <laughs> no, it matched, but it was uh, <laughs> just real uncomfortable. It was just me and Jack Nicholson back there, and it was. Uh, oh, nice, nice. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, how would you describe uh, Ellen's performance last night? Because the word joyless comes to mind for me. <laughs> really? Everything. I read. Seems- I read the reviews the next day, like today, and I I read. A few people go, "This is the best Oscars ever." Her tone was perfect. And I don't know. I just wow. found it odd. Did you watch the Oscars? Yes, I guess? it was the best Oscars, but it was not the best Oscars. Um, it, I thought she was pretty good, actually. All right. I mean, I'm terribly fair to everyone. I we don't should, like to see someone put down. We should probably introduce our guest. We're really bad at doing that, like throwing to our guests before. Um, we've got a double. Yeah. It's a double guest episode. And I'm very excited about this. She would have done better with an iPhone. Uh, <laughs> oh, hello, anti Samsung. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, oh, there was a thing all the way through the the ceremony. They crowbarred in pictures of her holding an mm. iPhone and the, the self no, holding a Samsung. Samsung. Sorry, holding a Samsung a and that, the selfie thing. That whole selfie. Thing was specifically to uh, <laughs> to, yeah, just to get a big advert for the uh, Samsung. Your but tweet the, about that's one of my people, favorite tweets ever. Thank you. Uh, what was it, please? Because yeah, I didn't yeah, read your you tweet. No, well, now you have to. She, uh, it was off the back of uh, Twitter crashing, mm. and it was something along the lines of, um, "We cra- we we wow, we crashed, we crashed Twitter. That's amazing. The Oscars. Uh, I can't get on Twitter. Where are the safe zones?" A panicked family, the Crimea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was important. It was important. It was important. It was important. Uh, it had social import. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that, they, that uh, whenever I post, you you love this also when you tweet something that's sarcastic and someone takes it completely at face yeah. value. Love so it. I, I wrote. Uh, I wish there was some way of finding out what phone took this picture. And like three, three different, different people. people wrote, <laughs> I think it was the Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, retweet, retweet. Yes, um, yes. But what I was going to say is, some some uh, internet sleuth uh, uh, sleuths did notice that. Um, Ellen immediately before the ceremony sent out a tweet from her iPhone because it says at the bottom like ah, send by my that's iPhone. Great, that's great. That's funny. Uh, we still haven't introduced. We the still haven't introduced. Yeah. No, we're and, really um, bad. Uh, two guests that I both I've been trying to get on for quite a while. Firstly, the the host of uh, Monday Philosophers podcast, which I um I believe I was the first guest on. The very first, Mr. Danny Labelle. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. And also, what was the show you used to do? The podcast that we used to do, Comical Radio. That's right, and that had like. Carlin on four times and yeah, all sorts of crazy interviews with amazing yeah yes, uh, yes. Can, yes they can still find that online right yes yes on iTunes uh, type in comical radio on iTunes or modern day philosophers which I'd rather you typed in because that's the one I'm <laughs> doing now yeah but- um, <laughs> and our other fellow well kind of fellow Brit but also we just found um, half, half yeah I'm half. half I'm actually half and half um Top comical comic writer and performer, often seen in the likes of uh, the Michelin Web, various sketch shows, and yes. I'm sorry, Correct. I've got no head, and various yes. other British Children's TV shows like things. that. Yeah, uh, and also, 
I like this because you have we worked out you have a very similar background to me. Oh yeah, yeah. So we okay, we were both uh, at, Mr. James uh, James Buckman, I should say. Yes, well, we were both at the same university, different times. I'm reasonably older, but um, Matt did uh, maths. I did physics. We both fucked up the same both, year. We both screwed up our second year. Yeah, both failed our second year. Had to bullshit our way back in again. Exactly. Had to come back in the summer holidays and say to people why we should be allowed to stay. And I didn't really remember having a terribly good reason, uh, but they let me. And obviously they let you as well. Yep. And then sort of coasted through that. What did you end up with? What was your final degree? I ended up with, well, okay, at Cambridge you get, this is just which turn off what university you went to now, but um, at uh, Cambridge you automatically get a, what's it called? A, a, you get an a MA honours. Yeah. No, you get like an honour. So you get a uh, BA or with honours. A fox yeah. and hound yeah. coat. Exactly. And, and I was, everyone, everyone gets honours. Essentially what they, exactly, oh, everyone yeah. gets honours. Unless you I, get I didn't an get honours. Yeah. Oh, you so I got it? what's called a, this is a very boring conversation. For no, no, no. Are interested. no. Fascinating. But I, I got what was called a special, which sounds good or awful, and it is awful. Um, it meant I did so badly that I didn't, I was got a special dispensation to receive a BA ordinary degree rather than a BA honours. Oh. But I still have an MA. So you get having an automatic MA as well. I've been on the mathematical bridge, if that counts. Oh, have you? Yeah. It's, what did you think of it? Sorry. Did you think it was mathematical? Uh, did it suggest maths to you? It was hmm. That's a, this, slightly, <laughs> this is a bridge that, if I remember rightly, the legend of it is it was supposedly designed and built by Isaac Newton using... This is the legend, and it's almost certainly bullshit. It's this bridge. It's like the intricate crisscrossing pattern of wood, mm. and the story goes that Isaac Newton built it, and it used no skew- screws or rivets. It just fitted together, mm-hmm. and then at some point, supposedly, someone took it apart to see how it worked, and they could never work out how to get it back together. So now it's got right. screws. Now it's got, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's over over the Cam's River in yeah. Cambridge. Over the, yeah, I presume that there was like a golden period of about a day where it was no screws and rivets, and then somebody went, "Well, I, it's too." I yeah. can't bear not to know how this was put together. <laughs> remember, remember uh, yeah, I mean, he probably put it together and then discovered gravity. Right. And it didn't work. So this is pre-gravity days. This is pre-gravity. Mm. It's when people floated around. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, Newton was the one with the, the apple? Yeah, he, he discovered was. the apple. But that, that's apocryphal, right? That didn't happen. There was oh, no they didn't have them in those days. They weren't invented until like 19... 19- Apples, yeah. Oh, I see. No, I'm yeah. serious. No, no. The fruit, like, not the computer. No, no, it's good. There it's was, core knowledge. Yeah, yeah, but the story of, like, yeah, the, the, an apple landing on his head and him going, ha-ha, gravity, clearly bullshit. But I, but I can believe well, has that appeal. as a thought experiment, he was just ima- he just spent some time, mu- like, considering what makes an apple fall to the ground. Right, right. Like, why does, why is, it, why is an apple attracted to the earth? What makes that happen? I wonder, and then he was experimenting with other objects. How much stuff did he drop? Before you know, it was like it was like it was like he was yeah. dropping things. He used to just <laughs> drop shit out of the window. Yeah, uh, top ten ball. things to drop out of a window. <laughs> yeah, fluorescent light bulb. Now, who was the Leaning Tower of Pisa guy? Oh, That's Galileo. That was Galileo. He dropped a like a cannonball and a, and a feather. I'm oh, sure it's but the, no, because that doesn't right. that doesn't. But a feather work. won't work with air resistance. Air resistance right. Exactly. But, but if yeah, if you drop like a cannonball and a coin, which both of which don't have that much air resistance, they'll land at roughly the same time. Sure. Yeah. Coin's not going to flutter around. You don't think? Well, I mean, they'll stand. They'll land similarly. Because I always love that urban legend about dropping a penny off the. Empire hey, State. I've dropped a oh, lot of coin <laughs> in my day, Andy. I've dropped a lot of coin. You know what I'm saying? 
Do you mean the one way, like, if you drop a, drop yeah. a, it'll go through someone's skull like yeah, a bullet? Or, or it'll go six them. inches into yeah. the sidewalk. Because, like, well, I bet the terminal velocity for Penny is probably, like, 60 miles an hour or I think that was like a rumor t- started by homeless people in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, do it. Don't stop. <laughs> sure. So, the crazy yeah, thing now try it with a... If you drop a 20 over the edge of the apartment. But it has to be rolled up. It has to be rolled up. Wow. The, the thing that blew my mind most about your story about Cambridge was uh, I can't believe that people with British accents can fail out of things. I just thought, uh, <laughs> but I guess it's like Krypton. Like you, your powers, it's, you don't have powers. Yeah, because yeah, uh, all the people who were right. ha- making me justify my existence there were also British yeah, yeah, and very unimpressed by my accent. Well, this country yeah. is based on the failure of people with English accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true, it's true. So I guess we should thank a couple of listeners before we get yeah, into stories this week. We have a couple people that uh, donated, which oh. we always appreciate. First and foremost, oh. uh, obviously, yes. Matt Matlock confirmed his name. His name is actually Matlock. <laughs> yeah, his sorry. name is actually yeah. Matt it's, Matlock, it's, so I'm sorry I made fun of you, Matt. I guess um, it's one of those things, like, you wouldn't have made the show if that weren't an actual surname. So someone must be named Matlock, you know? Right, but I just thought, I mean, of course people are named Matlock, but the first name being Matt is insanity. Oh, that part. Yeah, yeah. that's and, true. And he, uh, that's the part I thought was weird. What were you clinging to? <laughs> also, just the fact that anybody's named Matlock just instantly conjures up, like, they're just well, you big thought he fans. named himself so, after, like, like yeah, yeah. Shirley Murder, she wrote. Well, that was my joke last week, yeah, yeah. but uh, no, his middle name. listeners will remember I said that joke first. <laughs> oh, you will, you will. Yeah. Um, his middle name is actually Locke, uh, which, which I thought of that in the week Matt, since. Well, Matt, um, Matt, Matt Lock, Matt Matt Lock, Matt Luck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, no, but apparently his parents are alcoholics, which he said. And well, um, I don't know if we're supposed to say that. We just said his name and then said his parents are alcoholics. <laughs> well, if, as long as they're not in the program. Yeah. I mean, we're not they're not know. anonymous. Are we going to talk about what's going on there? No, no, we can't right now. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're out. <laughs> they're out. They're, no, uh, I have a new group of uh, we're alcoholics public. Uh, we're proud about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we meet in bars and on tabletops or <laughs> right. on Friday nights. Right. We, we meet in front of Instagram filters. And, uh, I, um, At the end of every meeting, they go, tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. Join I, the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> That's their motto. That's their catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Alcoholics I, public? Yeah. I have a uh, I have a cousin named uh, Justin Case. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No. When I when no, I put yes, in... I do, and he's gorgeous. He's he's engaged <laughs> now. I uh, just got engaged on Valentine's Day. Um, proposed to a young lady. He's my cousin. He's in North Carolina, and he's he's uh, the jawline. Yeah, and she's he's my cousin. Yeah. He's my cousin. He's he's my cousin. North no, but his name's his name's Justin Case. That's like that's what I called when I put ID three <laughs> tags. On the, I was, a listener asked for an MP three of our theme song, so I just filled it in with all the ID, you know, all the actual like metadata for an actual song. That's and hilarious. I put the album as Justin Case, the colon the very best of Jesse Case. <laughs> like, that's your greatest hits album. Is yeah, Justin yeah. Case. yeah. That's great. That's a hilarious way to send an MP three. By the way. To put in all those things as if it's a... No, just to send the code. Like, send them like a three megabyte PDF of the MP3. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying I filled in I all the data. I filled well, yeah, yeah. Like an ASCII file. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I thought that's what you did. No, I mean, I just filled in like as if it were there were an album and like an artist. And, well, there is an artist entitled everything. I just filled it all in as if I got it off of your greatest I'm an artist formerly known as yeah. Jesse Case. Justin Case. So anyway, Matt Matlock, thank you. We're sorry about your name. Um, sorry, didn't work But we out. appreciate your honesty. Matt, Matt yeah, we, we, we got a donation from, uh, a follow-up donation from Julian Alberto, who's also sent us in stories in the past and this week too, and also was at the show in Grand Rapids that I did last weekend. Oh, hey! Nice. So nice to meet you, Julian. Did Julian say hey? 
He did say hey. He came up. Oh, that's how you knew, I assume. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sorry. It'd be weird if you... That's that's how you knew you met him, because he said hi. Right, right. It's one of my techniques. You don't just go... (laughs) I can feel the presence of a sponsor. (laughs) You you don't just uh, go through all the receipts after every gig like me? I did did have a little uh, glance at... um, it's one of those clubs that does comment cards, ah, which they do mostly fuck. to gather up. Um, yeah, collect your data. They do it to like gather up email mailing list uh, details, and um, and it has on there like, what did you think of the service, the MC, the feature, and the headliner? Oh God! Like, oh. Like, and you know, I didn't see any like any horrible slating me, so I'm glad. It, but I, I saw a couple of the cards, and my favorite one was one where someone had just filled in. Our names like it was a quiz. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> was I was like, paying attention. That's <laughs> like, did I That's win? Great. I did a club that has when you work there, they have your headshot on the cards. They print oh, up different cards every God. week. And one of the comment cards, then people do comments, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's because people get so drunk, they can just circle your favorite. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's like a menu at a, at a Denny's. Um, and someone just X'd out my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they thought of my set. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> At least they didn't say that they thought you were changing into something. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the best heckle ever, though. I'm sorry. Made to it hear. in the act. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we had a couple of listeners donate, which you can do by going to probablyscience.com, mm-hmm. powered by Squarespace, uh, and clicking on the donate button. It helps us cover our costs. Um, Josh Ferguson from Wilmington, Delaware, sent us a donation. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Matthew you, Arnold Josh. has his ongoing monthly donation. Uh, Lakita Chisholm Williams from Omaha sent us some money. Thank you, Lakita. Thank you, Lakita. And, and, and it's the return of Ches Moreno. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chaz, oh, is, Chaz back. is back. The return oh, of Chaz. that guy. Thank you, Chaz. Chaz Moreno, who's, whose penis is entirely acceptable. <laughs> oh, he's the guy Hold that on. sent us the photo? Uh, he sent you a photo oh, of his yeah, penis. No, let's not talk about Chaz anymore. We can't talk bad about Chaz. <laughs> Did was, he dick pick you? <laughs> no, he didn't dick pick us, but we, I, I implied... I don't even remember how it came up, but I said he probably is a small dick. Now... When I did that, we're we're encouraging this, by the way, by discussing it. But go ahead, okay. Well, he he sent a photo to prove otherwise, and it wasn't of his penis. Nope. It was not of his penis, but oh. it but def- it was sufficiently scary. It that was we sufficiently should scary that we just need to stop talking about. <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. it was very threatening. But we're glad he's back. And, um, thank you, Chess. And uh, if anybody here is, can lobby against the Second Amendment, we would appreciate that to prevent photographs like this from being sent to us. Very scary. Very scary. I hope it made his dating profile. That's <laughs> very terrifying. Uh, anyhow, so we always like to ask our guests um, before we get into stories if they have any background in science whatsoever, including just memories from classes you took in high school, anything at all from your past that you can in any way tangentially link to science. So, Danny. <laughs> yes. Well, you've been on the, the mathematical bridge. Sound like you have a bit of, bit of know-how there. Well, I'm glad it came off that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> science, science. Did you, do, did you take any science courses at college or... No. I, <laughs> you're perfect for this. <laughs> I, I think you have to take one. I failed chemistry in high school, and they made me retake it in summer school. That wasn't fun. I also had a biology teacher who was really hot in high school. We used to go out on the beach in Suffolk County and look for shells, and we all check her out. I got her name. <laughs> Mrs. Brown. It wasn't just oh, the two yeah. of you. you the whole class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, cool me, and, me and Mrs. Sometimes Brown. Hey, Mrs. Brown, I'm still uh, really <laughs> struggling with the shell <laughs> curriculum. Yeah. 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 We could just Maybe do a little go bit to the more. Beach again. Maybe for another stroll on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, everybody thought Mrs. Brown was really hot. She was just like a hot biologist. 
I feel like if you're she knew all the sex parts as well, probably. <laughs> oh yeah, I probably definitely knew the organs. I feel like if you're <laughs> if you have like a power name, like a, a biologist, if you're any sort of ist, mm-hmm. you know, not race, not but, race, okay. but yeah. but yeah, a, a, a scientific ist. Yeah. Um, it ups your you get you get two extra points on Unless your numbers. It's a Scientologist on your hotness numbers. <laughs> on your hotness yes. number, Nate becomes a ten. A Scientologist, uh, you know, because it's Miss Brown, Science. biologist. Biologist. Yeah. What? Yeah. What about philanthropists? You know about the, those Love hot biologists that just walk around the beaches in Montauk and you know wind blowing through their hair and. And their salt, Real salt of the earth <laughs> yeah. people. And the name's Mrs. The, Brown, and they taught Danny. It's, you're talking about one specific person. This isn't a type that you're describing. You know that, you're just dis- I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'd love if there was just a beach full of that. Yeah. You guys been to that hot biologist <laughs> teacher beach? <laughs> it's crazy over there. It's like a nude beach, but for hot biologist yeah. teachers. We're the only ones allowed in. I, did I tell you guys I used to live by a nude beach in San Francisco? No. Like, I lived just 100 yards from Baker Beach near the, near the Golden Gate Bridge. And you and counted every one of those yards. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly 100 well tread, yards. Well tread. I had to be exactly 100 yards. Yeah. I had to get the focal length. Right for the binoculars, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, it's San Francisco, so I mean, it, it, it's not it's not very co-educational. It's a pretty limited well demographic no, it draws from. No who nude decides to go. No nude beach is what you think it's going to be. It's never. It, it's like the thing of like swingers just right. look like pro poker players. They don't look like people that you think are swingers. Yeah, I've seen enough HBO real sex to know that they're all. That's like, what it is. Uh, they're Ernest Hemingway lookalikes who like to fuck <laughs> multiple women. Yeah. And and his cat lookalikes. Yeah. Talking <laughs> talking six fingers. Uh, come on, people. Why do people get nude on the beach more than like on a mountain? It's warmer. Yeah, it's a good call. It's a real question. <laughs> no, there's less stuff that can get in you on a mountain. Mountains are colder. Mountain would be. What if it's a warm mountain? Well, warm, the higher up you get elevation wise, the colder it gets. No, you go to the sunny side of the mountain. It might be. It's <laughs> no, a great. Call. No, look, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, why, why do people make yeah, the, the beach is the nude thing? You know, well, the street. Just in the street somewhere. Yeah, hey, uh, you guys checked out that nude mountain. <laughs> 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 well, me and my yeah. friend stumbled upon one of those nude mountains the other day. It's here out west, yeah. trying, to, trying to find the pass, and we stumbled on a nude mountain. Yeah. Steel bird, we stumbled on a nude mountain. <laughs> nude mountain. Then we all bought a dodge. I, I think it's also um, to do with the uh, presence of huts. That can be huts. Why can't there oh, be no, huts on, a, on nude mountain? mountain. Yeah. They're bringing them in in your 17 nude mountains. The presence yeah. of huts? Get more people together. Yeah, you get like beach huts. Oh, little... to get naked inside of the Yeah, huts you know, you can get, leave your stuff there. Well, doesn't oh, it have okay. to do with the fact that you're naked is so you can just pop in the water? What about a field? It's because you prefer swimming naked. How come there's no, not a nude like field? Nude. There's tons of nude fields. Um, dude, what are you there talking about? Burning Man. Any field. But they don't call it a nude field. But any field can become a nude field very easily. But it's not like a bunch of people always go to a nude field. Something has to happen on the field. It can't just be Oh, no, there were definitely like... In Britain, there are definitely like nudist camps. There. Yeah. Is there a nude field at Glastonbury? There must be. Well, there's a the nudist field. <laughs> there's there's the hippie sauna that has like a kind that, of nude feel. Right. They don't call it the nude field. Oh, right. no, they they no. <laughs> no, they don't call it the hippie sauna. No, no before no hippies before I did comedy, no, no, I was no, in it's, it's the sauna that's run by okay. hippies in the middle yeah. of Glastonbury. Before I before I got into comedy, I did uh, I did the nude field for three years. The nude field. It's not like a research field. Nude. Yeah, actually, this year's Nobel Prize in physics went to someone who proved the existence of the nude field. Oh, the nude field. Suspected for a long time, but yeah. 
Um, um, but actually, did, did I tell you guys I'm going to Burning Man this year? Yeah, you told me. Tickets. You told actually, me. I'm like the least Burning. Look at me. I'm like I'm not a Burning Man. Kind and of then you are. we discuss the fact man. that yeah, you yeah. don't have to burn an effigy, which blows my fucking mind. I didn't know mind. the word effigy doesn't imply burning. That's why you say burning effigy. Yeah. It's not like an assless chaps thing. You could have an effigy that isn't burning. <laughs> it's just the representation of a person. It's not tautologous. No. Eff- so, okay. So effigy doesn't come from some root. Well, flame-based roots. Not a flame-based root, I don't think. No, no. I mean, you can't... Most, I guess, if you got an effigy, what else are you going to do with it but burn it? But you don't yeah. have to. I'm saying the word can exist outside of but you would be, context. I, it just... Who the fuck would just have an effigy? Have an effigy. <laughs> <laughs> Without burning it. Have a non-flammable effigy. Probably yeah. nude-field people. Just have effigy. effigy. Yeah. Just have effigies around. Wow. I had tickets I had tickets to Burning Man two years ago and I had to sell them because the set list filming got in the way. Ah. I nearly went to Burning Man. So you've never gone? Never gone. Have any of you guys gone? No, I have a friend who went who goes quite regularly, who's from San Francisco and he is long married and has, you know, actual children of reasonable ages and his wife sort of lets him go and then he goes and he comes back with a story about how a woman a nude woman showed him how to operate a flamethrower and then she says you can't go next year sure sure they should have told the story (laughs) i know he should have just kept it to himself didn't he that's just you know that's not even a bad thing just throwing a Flame? I think it was the tits mainly rather than the, <laughs> right. the flamethrower. Like I mean, the flamethrower is irresponsible. It's like a story you have to tell, right? That's no. Like, oh, this is really guilty. You know, they, like, have yeah. a, they have a completely open marriage, but her dad died in a fire. <laughs> and it's, it's completely yeah. unacceptable. <laughs> oh. uh. That's great. <laughs> it's the fire aspect of it. Guys night out at his house is just like him like lighting matches and throwing up. You guys, this is the best night ever. Like, you can't do this. Like, no. Well, the cat's away. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, the flame will play. Um, all right, so so you just just not in, didn't do the science stuff. I'm Mrs. Pisante for science in seventh grade. <laughs> I gotta think there's a was lot she more sexy? To she was pretty. She was pretty. You know the funny thing about that is uh, Ace Ventura had come out, and yeah, I yeah. I was a huge Jim Carrey fan as a kid, and still am. And I wanted to I wanted to get the Ace Ventura hair. And Mrs. Pisante had the same haircut as Ace Ventura. <laughs> and uh, I remember asking Mrs. Pisante how to get my hair like that. And I remember her thinking I was gay from then on. <laughs> like she was. Well, I could just tell. She just kind of looked at me. Like I, like I, and then I was like, I realized, oh, she must. Uh, I think she took this the wrong way. Yeah. But I was, then I made a point. Uh, no, like Ace Ventura. And then I think I was. Overselling it to the point that I yeah right. But then the you, same you kind of thing saying happened. You wanted fashionable lesbian hair. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you never got the passante sauce. <laughs> you know it. Ha- it always. It always. It always kind of did that to me. Anytime the Jim Carrey influence. It, I. I. Uh, I wore a yellow suit to my bar mitzvah. And I think a lot of people thought I was gay, but I wanted to be like the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is an interesting. The, G- the Jim Carrey slash gay line that everyone is straddling at all times. Well, yeah, it's a very blurred line. Yeah. Is, uh, I think it's more the child costume <laughs> combination. No, no. I've, I know lots of people that before they've come out, they were Jim Carrey for a few yeah, years. Exactly. They just were Jim Carrey. It's, it's very, like an intermediate period, thing. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a gateway sexuality. Yeah, people will be like, oh, that's the kid who wore a yellow suit to his bar mitzvah. Yeah, is, do you get to do, I wonder do, what that means. Can you make the theme of your bar mitzvah? Like, is like zoot suits all around. Everybody, the rabbi's got to be wearing No, I, mean, I didn't have a theme. I just wanted a yellow suit because of the mask. I wanted. I thought right, that was yeah. so cool. I was just. I just really wanted to be Jim Carrey. I had. I still just want to really be like Jim Carrey. I think, I w- but I'm, I failed it. I went to a wedding last summer. It was one of the most offensive things ever. 
uh, went to a wedding and it was a Jewish themed wedding, but not a Jewish wedding. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. And it's like you can't just pick a religion <laughs> theme your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like, <And> horrible. <laughs> like they're like they're like Christians or whatever. You know, they just wanted That's a Jewish. Oh, this will be cute. We'll get baklava or whatever they do. You know, <laughs> Jewish. I think, uh, although really, genuinely, in England, people sort of do Christian themed weddings. Right. People get married in churches and they don't believe. That's a different. But they're thing. probably to Christian, their parents. Right? Well, they would they would pretend that they were in order to get to go in the church. But I think the same amount of have Jewish get, like, people are actually built. Jewish. You It'd know what I mean? Like, no, it's not quite acceptable the same as that. if it was a Muslim themed wedding. I think. <laughs> sure. People would probably find that more offensive, right? They would burn effigies, probably. Well, hey, they how far did they? they t- how far did they take the theme before we decide how offensive this is? Like, did, it, did like everyone have like fake hook noses oh. and stuff? Oh, they took it. They took it. Just you being offensive, isn't it? I think no people oh, okay. yeah, no, they, took it, they took it really far no but that's what i was saying about you say it's, it's your, wearing you say it's your people but i also know you're an atheist that's true so i'm saying it's the same thing of like oh, so you, but you would you still can. have a jewish wedding if you married a Jew. yeah you would have a jewish no wedding. i don't think i would i like it i think if i think my wedding whoever i married would have to be a secular secular one yeah hmm. but would your you, parents wouldn't be disappointed i think they've long got over like i think they've they've got past that point were they waiting like, to I think stamp they on a glass or something like that? Are yeah, they I, religious, your parents? I, I think they're tenuously. Yeah. But I think they gave up a long time ago on the idea that I do things properly. Oh, like that sort of that's, way. Sort of, that's sort of heartbreaking, isn't no, it? No, I think they sort of went, okay, well, that's not going to happen, but he seems happy, so cool. Right, right. Mm. Okay. He seems happy not to do things properly, full stop, in his whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing ever finished, really half-hearted. Yeah, they know what I'm like. I think generally, you know, as long as I'm not sort of drowning at any point, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. on fire. They're... Sure. But now you got me thinking about, like, theme. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't wear, uh, like, a yarmulke if you're not like, that's super offensive it, like, in the same way you can't order you can't even get uh, you can't even find exist proof of existence of the garment that Mormons wear if you're not in the church you can't order right. and like I, I want to see em- what those oh, things Emory are oh Emery has a set oh yeah yeah you really? can get garments em- Emery Emery if you got uh, an in em- Emery Emery friend of the show Freemason shit you can't get Freemason shit but, but, but Emery Emery, friend of the show, who's you know been on, he's been on the show before, but he he's hosts Arden Atheist, and one of his listeners, yeah, is a um, is a secret atheist still within the Mormon oh. Church, and uh, is and that they, like a splinter or like a sleeper cell? And she sent thing? and she sent a, a pair of uh, special underwear. Awesome! Wow, special underwear. Yeah, what do What's, they look like? Yeah. Uh, it's like, they're a little conservative, aren't they? They're very conservative. They've just got better no, elasticity. Then. No, it's, <laughs> what if it's the most comfortable? Yeah, yeah they're, really, they're wonderful. That's, that's just wonderful. That's the Breathe. secret. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd like to think that they're they're super sexy. Yeah. Like crazy, yeah. crazy lingerie, lacy black lace, just yeah. with attachments. Yeah, like the women have to wear garter belts. <laughs> right. Stocking. Yes, Joseph Smith was a little. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he knew maybe that's maybe about. that's the whole thing of Mormonism. He just showed up with really comfy underwear and a, and a crazy. Crazy book, and they're like, "We'll take the book if we can get the underwear." And you know what? For Utah, I mean, you know, an extra level layer of warmth. Sure, yeah. absolutely, practical and sexy. Mm. Absolutely. I, I, I know this is this is off point. But you were talking about themes and the offensiveness of themes. My buddy uh, Rit. Um, is he a big guy? No, not Rit Large. No, 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 no. no. Um, Hooray! Sorry. <laughs> no, in uh, in high school, Andy. I think I've told you this story before. In high school, the, the high school I went to was a very small, like, art school. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, like, 150 of us. And we had, uh, so we would have a Halloween, uh, every Halloween we'd have a costume contest. A fancy dress party? A fancy dress party. And we'd have a fancy dress party. And um, there'd be judges, people would judge. But almost everyone in the school would sign up because it's 150 kids. You come out for 30 seconds, they yeah. judge you, and then, you know, it's an excuse to fuck off for a day. Um, 
and, right. and yeah, and and Rit uh, showed up and he dyed his hair black and had it in cornrows and he painted all of his skin brown. <laughs> you have to. And he had a he had a grill in. He wore a grill and like an oversized plaid shirt and sagging pants. Oh. And he comes out and they and they go and it wasn't like a big deal. He comes he comes out and they go. Uh, so who are you? You like a um, Jay Z or a Coolio? And he like just they're giving him outs. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. he and he literally even with the outs, he just goes. I mean, I'm I'm a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and it was still still the hardest I've ever laughed. Like but you, know, um, you don't know what that is. You also don't know what drag is. Like when I was in fourth grade, I went as a woman for Halloween. <laughs> and I was like, a woman. A th- it's like you could be a vampire, a, mommy, a woman. Like, right. Like One, yeah. I'm the not, other evil thing, women. Equal- <laughs> right. Right. The other thing well, that'll suck your blood. Yeah, equally man. equally funny because I am not those things. And my parents were the best. Like they didn't let on at all that that was a weird thing to do. They're like, yeah, that, I. I wore this dress that my mom had from when sure. she was younger, and I like, got made up. But you're in the age where you're androgynous enough that, like, when I would show up at at the door for trick or treating, people didn't know. They thought I was just like a girl wearing sort of an outdated <laughs> dress. Like, so you really, they thought you really hadn't tried. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had I had really long hair as a kid, and my mom and I were at the supermarket one time, and this old guy he goes. That's a pretty daughter you got. And my mom didn't correct him. She just said thanks. And we kept going. Compliments a compliment. No, and it really it really fucked with me. Like I know she just wanted to get out of the conversation, not right. have the talk, but Jesus. Or maybe uh, that maybe she really wanted a daughter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was yeah, that one moment where she kind of felt like yeah. Was it a neutral thanks or was it like a thanks? Oh, yeah, it's call. about how she thanks the guy, I think. Yeah. Matt's right. No, you're right. You're right. No, you did physics at Cambridge, correct? <laughs> Me? Yes. Yes, I did, yeah. Physics, cosmology and astrophysics, I did. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, I sort of, well, I did... Were any hot teachers? Or? No. No, they were like small men, uh, old, slightly smelly um, jackets, all of them jackets, but like not cool ones. Sure. Um, I don't... I, I've made that up because I didn't really go to any of the lectures, so I don't know who any of them were. <laughs> We've sure. sort of established that both of us just started yeah, doing comedy things instead. Badly. But I was, I was genuinely interested. It was one of those things where I've, I've always found about physics that it is a great example for me of science where the popular science side of it is fascinating. The ideas are really interesting, but the maths is boring. The application of it is very... It's just too hard, it's I think, really possibly. Hard. It starts really hard. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the, the, the actual concepts, I mean, it starts bordering on philosophy at mm. a certain point where it's so abstract and, you know, theoretical. Well, or, those are the math courses that I liked. Like, I liked the really abstract ones, the ones where, like, the really pure math classes that had yeah. almost, n- like, no relation to anything in the real world. Mm. It's just... Yeah, I remember doing, like, some group theory and things like that. It was yeah. pretty, probably quite simplistic for you're an actual maths degree but um it was re- that was really fascinating yeah i remember it's not applied my... to anything no what what is group theory it's... i can't remember Shh. <laughs> in, in theory. At its most basic it is effectively i think it was galois who started it but it's um who we've talked about before on the show because he died in a duel in his early 20s um after doing like Proving ludicrous numbers of things, and then he just died. Uh, but it's can you derive group, like all of Boolean algebra from it and stuff like groups that? Groups are groups are objects that consist of a set and an operation. Oh, yes. okay. I've done, um, abstract algebra and some are finite this, and some right? are infinite. But you have a set. A set is normally like a set of numbers and an operation, uh, which might be something like multiplicate, multiplying uh, modulus a certain number or whatever. 
Uh, but they have to satisfy four rules, and I don't know which one. I can't remember which ones they are. <laughs> it has to have an identity. It has to have an inverse operation. So an identity means that um, there has to be at least one thing in the set where if you do the operation oh, yeah. to any other member, right. you end up with change. that member. So, for example, for multiplication, the identity is one. Mm-hmm. Anything you multiply by one it has to have an inverse. So uh, the inverse function of uh, so you can you can get back to the same yeah. object. So division multiplication. It has to be division. closed, I think. So everything yes. maps to something ev- else within the group. Within the group, yeah. uh, which is why if it's a finite set and you're multiplying, it has to be mod- modulus a certain number. And I think it has to be... It doesn't have to be commutative. But it helps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if that's how I don't want to be right, on, man. I don't want to be right. It has to be associative. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. There's two other rules. And one of them, I think one, it might have to be associative. Or I can't remember. I'm, I just Googled it. And Wikipedia, thank, thank God for Wikipedia. You know what? Wikipedia gets a bad rap, but it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. How close was I? Um, well, actually, I can't quite get... Uh, I can't quite get an overall definition that applies to everything. I guess they just says that um, you were way there off, are there man. are like there are <laughs> classes of groups that are like permutation groups, matrix groups, transformation groups, abstract groups, void groups, scale groups, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they uh, they turn out to be very useful in a lot of both pure and applied mathematics. Um, yeah, I like that stuff too. I, I and. You're right. Physics can get ridiculously difficult. Like I failed uh, quantum mechanics. And oh God, that's so. That's so. Oh, I hated that. It was so I hated hard. Like Schrodinger and his equation can fuck off. Oh, actually, I, I mean it's clever. Well done. Well, but it, I don't want to be putting numbers into it. I'm going to work. Well, it yeah, out. but let me tell you something: is that I have actually done that experiment, and the cat does die. It I'm, always okay. dies. I have killed so many cats, you guys, <laughs> trying to pull that mm-hmm. off, and uh, they just starve eventually. Is what what happens. Um, yeah, that was that was so hard, and it, it, it's funny that all the things that are. I'm sorry, I was looking up Schrodinger for a second because I was also trying to figure out if it was related to this. Uh, there was there was a, a, a physics of waves class that was the hardest class that I took that I actually enjoyed, and that was freshman year. And then after that, it got so difficult that um, yeah, the quantum mechanics thing. It's funny because that's that's the science field. We talked about this a lot. That gets most appropriated by bullshit pseudoscientists mm. and just right hippie nonsense about like you create whatever world you think about <laughs> right. man you know right but what's funny because all those kinds of sciences that are fun to talk about in the abstract by people who don't know anything about science are also the ones that are the most difficult when it comes down to actually doing the math required like, well how frustrating must it be for an actual you know quantum right. scientist to people just appropriate <laughs> their everywhere you go um I, it was associative that was the final rule nice. uh, and associativity is um is a star b Equal star C is equal to A star B star C. So, uh, in other words, for example, if you you're put the brackets in, basically. yeah, if you're, I have answer. so if you're if you're doing if you're doing th- if you're combining three elements in a specific order, it doesn't matter whether you do the first two first and then the third one, or the first the first one and then the last one. Time. Is this what makes yeah. a group symmetrical, or is it what makes no? A group a that group? is commutative. Commutative oh, okay. is A star B equals B star A. That's correct. Okay, sorry, we so, got we yeah. got went down the uh, we we, we uh, went down the about right. Yeah, we went there. We went, we went. We went there. there wow. Galois also proved the the insolubility of the quintic. So you know, there's the quadratic equation formula that you learn in school. Mm. There's also one of those for the uh, a square plus b. No, yes, for, for a degree, for a third degree. Yeah, and the fourth a. degree, but not the not the fifth. Not the fifth. Interesting. Not the fifth. No, never. Never the fifth. Never for the fifth degree. Never, never, the, fifth. No. never the fifth. Or is it the quartic even? Oh, God, I'm bad. I'm bad. This <laughs> I, I is why into, I failed. We can be forgiven. I got into marine place. biology for a little while on a low level. To hang out with Brown? Mr. Brown? <laughs> I had a fish tank. <laughs> I, uh, but, uh, but I did uh, volunteer at a 
underwater observatory in Israel for a while because I got yeah. really into marine biology and I wound up medicating giant sea turtles. How did you let this slide when you were talking to you about yeah, what, 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 a minute ago? Yeah. Are you just creating a new backstory? No, no, no. I forgot that I was. I forgot that that's a science because <laughs> you're like, you're like I've medicating. I forgot I discovered a species. Yeah. Because uh, basically, I just had to put my hand up the, the ass of these giant sea turtles. No, you wait a minute. That's the truth because they were constipated, and in order for them to get the medication, we had to get them to shit. So you had to put your hand. Up the ass of the seat. That's why I blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. That's like way more actual in the field science than I've ever done. Yeah, then I, mean, I, I mean I've done it recreationally. Yeah, but I never, I never I studied seahorses for a little while. Yeah. You were elbow deep in science. I, I man. helped the were... octopus give birth. What? Um, <laughs> I, I, I no, this is all. I don't yeah, want it to stop. I cleaned the algae out of the tanks every morning and made sure that there was no bacterial buildup. Uh, I, I actually did the shark tank. I got permission towards the end to do scuba and get into the shark tank and pick up all the garbage people would throw into the tank so it wouldn't build up bacteria on it. How many people throw stuff into the shark tank? Because it's in, in Israel. They have an open top to the shark this tank. This is a Jewish-themed aquarium? Yeah. Hence <laughs> <laughs> the sharks. They have a bridge you can walk over, and, and people would, would you know, they'd be eating an ice cream. they throw the wrapper. People are, you know, they right. What kind of a Bond villain... <laughs> zoo was this where there's a bridge that you can walk over the sharks <laughs> that's open right. it's true yeah and then you, can, a, you can walk over the sharks and then you can also go underneath and go see around the, the sharks from underneath yeah. so how many the, disappointing failed suicides were there oh suicide by shark the, where people well, just jump in and then just float the there for a while like while the shark yeah. just swims <laughs> yeah. around right and then they fish them out right again yeah. it's very exciting getting in a shark tank it was really thrilling it was like an adrenaline rush because you're like well, nothing was going to happen because they feed the sharks beforehand to the right. point where they're not – they only come at you if they feel threatened or if they're hungry. Right. Or if they see it's, you. It's weird. Yeah. I, I but, could never do that just because I'm always bleeding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just always. Um, I've had a wound I've been trying to keep open since I was three <laughs> just to see how long <laughs> – and I can't do that because I always taste of chum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. You no, know, he does. I can back you guys up. They gave him, they, first, they had this big tiger shark that an Egyptian fisherman had caught and injured off in the Red Sea. And uh, they brought it there to, for rehabilitation because, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of marine biologists there. So there was this 200-pound tiger shark. Maybe it was more. I don't know how many pounds. But it was big. I assume it was two. Maybe it was like two thousand. I don't know how many. I don't know what that looks I'm like. I'm 200 pounds. So yeah, compare it to so me. That, no, bigger a lot small. bigger than you. Okay. Oh, it's a big old tiger shark. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's the scientific the term. Just a big old tiger shark there. Yeah. Um, so they gave me this is the they gave me a stick with a thing on the top, it looked like a matchstick, just like something tied at the tip of it. Yeah. And the guy, I said, "What if the tiger shark? Because it's not a it's not it didn't grow up in the aquarium like the other sharks. It's not it's new to the environment. Right. So I was a little nervous about it. It, it didn't know the rules. Rightly, are one of like only three species of shark that actually have been known to attack humans. Yeah, it's a dangerous kind of shark, and also it doesn't know the rules of the aquarium. You don't attack the guy who picks up the garbage. Mm -hmm. I said, "What if <laughs> no you, running? What if, no this bombing. is a wild, <laughs> this is a wild shark. No heavy petting. <laughs> yeah, and they called it Big Mama. And they said, "I said, what? If, what do I do if Big Mama comes at me?" And the guy goes, you take the stick and you shove it to the gill of the big mama. That's it. That's it. If it come to you, you, got, you take the stick, you put it to the gill. 
Wow. That was it. Just a big matchstick. I, I don't think it would have worked. That would no. work on me being poked in the lungs. I think that would... Yeah. No, absolutely. I but worked... my lungs aren't so exposed. No, absolutely. I, um, I did a summer in a Palestinian aquarium, and uh, very similar. Very similar. I don't guy. recognize that as an aquarium. But, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I Sorry. think, I think this Israeli aquarium was in Palestine. That's what I think. I mean, <laughs> hey, guys. Um, did you know... <clears throat> This is proper stuff now. No, this is proper stuff that um, obviously uh, we're uh, joking about, joking about here. Um, but, you know, that is a conflict that's been going on for a while. Uh, <laughs> hasn't been going on for 30,000 years, though. That'd be crazy old. <laughs> Something that's 30,000 years old. Well, maybe 30,000 years old. Yeah. Well, it's funny you ask me that, Matt. This is the best segue in the world. <laughs> Did you know that an ancient virus has come back to life after lying dormant for at least 30,000 years? That's the plot of the thing, isn't it, or something? Years. No, it's absolutely the thing. In fact, it was found frozen in a deep layer of the Siberian permafrost. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but after it thawed, it became infectious again. Who uh, discovered it? Dr. Kurt Russell? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what happened is they, they didn't even know it was out there, but there was a Norwegian helicopter shooting at it. Oh, that, of course. <laughs> that finally... that, it upset the virus. <laughs> it, upset. it was defensive like a tiger shark. Yeah. Right. I worked in a physics lab for three years. Oh, <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, uh, yeah, this is when we doubt the brain biology. <laughs> right. He was in a barbershop quartet yeah. in Skokie, Illinois. Also. Just, yeah, just remembered that, well, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to think Miss Brown was ugly. Didn't you help build the Large Hadron Collider? <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> when you joined the team, it was just the Hadron Collider. And you're like, guys, let's just make this bigger. Let's make it bigger. Sick of pocket uh, size. Uh, was the guy that was the large who brought the idea. I was involved. I don't know if this is science. I was involved in this neutrinos experiment in the Swiss Alps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you suggest calling it the big old Hadron Collider? <laughs> this, this, this big old neutrino <laughs> experiment. We yeah, the way we the we're these giant matchsticks that we would shove in there and <laughs> in the neutrinos. That's how we made the black gills. holes. Uh, um, anyway, it's probably not important to the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, if um, the cosmic rays come at you. <laughs> um, so the... Uh, the French scientists... Okay, this is a quote. The French scientists say, the contagion poses no danger. Okay, okay. <laughs> Which I thought they, they use contagion yeah. poses no danger. There was no contagion, is no, the phrase you're looking is, for No, there. no, yeah. no. This is, there's contagion, Not the contagion that there is. This is a yeah. safe contagion. No, this it's is... It's contained within is, these wolves. Yeah. No, huskies. It's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. a contained exactly. contagion. This is a non-violent holocaust. If you come across someone you think is Wilford Brimley, he might not be. Just Free mustache Wolford yeah, Brimley. Yeah. Amazing. Oh. Uh, the French scientists say the contagion poses no danger to humans or animals, but other viruses could be unleashed as the ground becomes exposed. Be unleashed. No. <laughs> unleashed is a terrifying <laughs> yes. word. Yeah, that sounds like a plot of a Captain America yeah. comic yeah, yeah. book. Yeah. After he thought out, there was a bunch of diseases that were frozen there, too, and <laughs> they could be unleashed at any point. <laughs> when, look, when we unleash this contagion, it's the not going to be unsafe. <laughs> the Nazis all... developed these diseases, yeah. and they were contained for a while. No, um, they could be unleashed. <laughs> could be like they're on At any moment. <laughs> well, Professor... Well let, let them off the leash for a bit yeah. to run around the park. Yeah. <laughs> Professor uh, Jean-Michel Claverie uh, from oh. the, the... It'd be Michel, right? Jean-Michel? Uh, Jean-Michel Jean. Jean-Michel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jean-Michel. From the National Centre de Scientifique Research um, at the <laughs> University of La Marseille. Exactly, in, that's in, correct. In France. <laughs> um, this is half Canadian. Uh, <laughs> Not the French half. 
Um, This is the first time we've seen a virus that's still infectious after this length of time, he says. Not the first time, no. The the ancient... ancient, I'm still trying to do French. The ancient pathogen was discovered buried 30 meters down in the frozen ground called Pithovirus sibiricum. It belongs to a class of giant viruses that were discovered 10 years no, ago. No, no, wait, they're giants! <laughs> yeah, didn't get mentioned earlier. No, no, no. Like, Some of them are as Are they visible with the human eye? <laughs> they, they actually are. These giant oh, wow. viruses might be unleashed at any minute. <laughs> <laughs> we are fearful, but in the meantime, the ones that have been unleashed are quite pleasant. <laughs> Would we unleash this giant contagion? It will not pose harm to human or animal life. Our theory is that they are here to fight aliens, which Will be coming. <laughs> I was going to say the part should be played by Francois Truffaut, like in Clash Kansas, but I think we're going for more Peter Sellers in this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have, yeah. Good we call. have looked at some options to try to keep the diseases frozen, but we thought, hey, it's been so long, let them breathe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they pair well with the Cabernet. Uh, okay, uh, so this, the next, okay, well, I don't How, like then My question is, when it says, oh, it's first, the first time we found one of these viruses that is still contagious. How do they know it's still contagious without... <laughs> What, one of the scientists just right. had infected well, with that virus? Well, we had uh, 30,000 years ago, there was a... <laughs> I'll tell you guys. The tests show that it attacks uh, amoebas, which are single-celled organisms, oh, okay. as we all know. Oh, well, uh, fuck the amoebas. There's too uh, many of them. Yeah, they're always, uh, they're always fucking with yeah. amoebas. It, so what it does I'm is... pro Malthusian amoeba of death. Abs- <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, it comes into the cell, multiplies, and finally kills the cell. Um... However, the researchers believe that other deadly pathogens could be locked in Siberia's permafrost. Now, here's the, <laughs> here's the headline of this next paragraph that I don't like. Recipe for disaster. <laughs> Unleashed. <laughs> Not to worry. Here is the recipe. Of course, yeah. Uh, one part uh, camembert, yeah. one part deadly diseases. And uh, three quarters pot brie. Um, the researchers say this region is under threat. Since the 1970s, the permafrost has retreated and reduced in thickness, and has uh, and climate change projections suggest it will decrease further. So apparently, a bunch of super, super ancient... Um, I say let, crazy I, ass viruses. I, I, down I there. would threaten that region more, frankly. I want you to be, would. I want it to be entirely under threat by flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> Naked Let's women with flamethrowers. Yeah. <laughs> your, your friend could line that up. Yeah, it depends what kind of. We got to get some energy yeah, yeah, out there. I was, uh, you know, Burning Man's off the table. I was wondering if I could go to say beer. They got a bunch of diseases. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any titties? No, no probably no. not. It's pretty Just, cold. Uh, there are viruses the size of titties. <laughs> All right, as long as you're home by 10. No. <laughs> so, so, yeah, apparently the thing is happening. The thing is happening. Wow. Well, it was, it was bound to happen, right? 30,000 years. We had a good run. <laughs> no, we, we had, had a good, good run. run without these, what are they called? Megavi- Pathogens, mega- megaviruses. Megaviruses. Uh, megaviruses. I don't know. Oh, it sounds like Transformers. No, I know. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. That was definitely the lamest of the toys. Megavirus. <laughs> uh, it transforms into a, like a ball. You're right. It, it, it does say on this that there is a fear, as the permafrost does go more, that things like smallpox, which was declared eradicated 30 years ago, could pose a risk if any of that's still Oh, I there. see. If it's Small, there. giant virus, smallpox. They freeze Medium viruses threat. in the lab to keep them... Uh, to keep them uh, Preserved and it, uh, what what uh, Professor Jonathan Ball, a virologist from the University of Nottingham, says: um, We uh, 
We freeze viruses in the laboratory to preserve them for the future. If they have a lipid envelope, like flu or HIV, for example, they're a bit more fragile, but the viruses with an external protein shell, like foot and mouth or common cold viruses, survive better. That's nice. But it's the freezing thawing that poses the problems, because as the ice forms, then melts, there's a physical, dam- physical uh, damaging effect. If they hmm. do survive this, then they need to find a host to infect, and they need to find them pretty fast. So there's the, uh, the professor there giving advice to the viruses. <laughs> they can read this. They're yeah. megaviruses. These yeah, are megaviruses. Don't... Shut up! It's <laughs> 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 on the host, hey! <laughs> Man, well, I mean, not to, be, not to br- uh, bring more bad news on top of this, but there, there's also oh, an outbreak it. of a polio-like sickness in Northern California. Did you guys hear about this recently? No. Gosh. Yeah, that's sort of so close polio-like, but are. not polio. Not polio. Well, uh, so you can still get it if, even if you've been vaccinated against polio, which I'm assuming we all have. Uh, it's polio-like. It's like it's uh, polio-like. It's oh, not okay. polio-light. It's so it's like Pepsi polio. versus Coke. Exactly. Is it worse exactly. than polio or polio? Well, the CDC is looking into about 20 cases of children dealing with polio-like symptoms in Northern California. Um, and uh, doctors at Stanford uh, say just this past week they've discovered several children that have not been able to use their arms or legs. Um, oh, this isn't funny anymore. No, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, none of it's funny. It's fucking oh, okay, megaviruses. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Really, megavirus. but, um, but there hasn't been a reported case of polio since the 60s, so this is kind of concerning. Uh, we talked about the way that um, Salk developed the polio ba- vaccine a few yeah. episodes back on right. episode 100. I presume we've discussed lots of the anti-vaccination movement. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Fine, okay. that to death. Yeah, yes. it's kind of over now. I think like people have enough well, no, discredited... It, no, it's still very much a thing. Um, really? Yeah, and... Uh, really? So measles is making a bit of a comeback in California. Again, because of yeah. idiot propagating... Right. People theater. also don't take them seriously because of the name. Eh, they're just measly measles. <laughs> <laughs> measly. Just chicken. They don't sound, sound they like don't, a Dr. Seuss sort of thing. They don't it? sound like a real disease. He's got yeah, mumps sounds like something mumps. something you yeah, want. I want mumps. That mumps. sounds good. Yeah. Or just or just like like parent code for a bit grumpy. Yeah, or mumps. Oh, he's all mumpy today. I think mumps yeah. sounds like sweets. Yeah. Like candy. I just want like, oh, a bag mm. of mumps. A handful of mumps. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Like old candy yeah, that's all, does, that yeah. you get in like a big glass right. jar. Yeah. Like there's, there's sugar on the outside of them. Yeah, delicious mumps. Come in several different colors. Your grandma um, would have a glass jar of them. Mm-hmm. Would you like some mumps? What happens when you get mumps? Your saliva glands fill up with marshmallow. I think is what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tough, yeah. And everything tastes delicious for like brand, a week. That's great. <laughs> there was a story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually yeah. try and find it because uh, this was a new story I just read a few minutes before leaving the house. That uh, is it. Even worse news than the past two? No, but it's, <laughs> it's about. Um, it was about anti-vax people, and it no. was showing that they they ran an experiment on what it would take. Uh, I mean, this is from memory. I'll see if I can find the actual story while I'm talking about this. But they ran an experiment on what the most efficient way would be to get the message across that vaccines actually are incredibly important and safe. And they split into different categories where they one where they gave a really scientific breakdown of why vaccines are safe and showed them the uh, showed them the help. evidence. One where they show people um, evidence of like they show people evidence of increased threat or they told people what the diseases did like this is actually how dangerous measles are and the third one's um, a cartoon one well, third one of them one of them was actually <laughs> just the narrative of a particular child with measles it was like here's the story of a 10 month old baby that got measles from a doctor's waiting room and i can't remember what Who the tells uh, the story the other one was it's uh, about getting the right it was morgan over. freeman yes. and um and it turns out uh, i can't remember what the fourth one was but it turns out in each of them uh none of them were effective at all in convincing 
parents who didn't believe in vaccines to believe in vaccines. Here's, and in fact, it, no, some of them had the opposite effect, where uh, they hardened their resolve against it. It's well, because people, it's based on, um, like, their own... Their belief that their own experience is the only experience that matters. Well, well here's how they're going to have to do this: is is we're going to have to convince people that Jesus was vaccinated. <laughs> ah, so see, I feel like it's a different. A, add a doctor to the manger scene. I feel like it's a different group of people that that are part of this anti-vaccination movement than that. I feel like it's the people who uh, a few years back would have described their children as indigos. Do you guys know about oh, the yeah, indigo yeah. thing? No. It's indigo this exceptionalism. Yeah. yeah, they have crystal children who are magical and intuitive, and like there's this fake hippie thing called being indigo, which just means has your child ever yeah. like, stared out the window yeah. for a long time? <laughs> like he all might children. be an indigo. Yes. Like he's special. He's your child sometimes introverted, but sometimes extroverted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's like, like the, the same. It's the non-medical version of over-diagnosing ADHD isn't right. it, basically. Yeah, it's just this exceptionalism thing. I'm like, oh, our, our precious child yeah. child has been lying from... lifeless on the living room floor for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you might be an indigo. Like, well, you you know, might be an indigo. <laughs> if your child's been lying <laughs> lifeless for two weeks, you might your be child's an indigo. so stupid that they maybe must be really clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might be an indigo. Like, can they not speak yet? Because they're thinking of it. <laughs> right? That's actually really important thing. things. Yeah, they say that. I have children uh, around that. I have a daughter who is two and one who is three, four months old. And I'm pretty sure that the three, four month old is already cleverer than the two year old. So, <laughs> sure, sure. So now, you, I, I'm, so I'm calling the two year old an indigo child. <laughs> two year old an indigo. <laughs> now, how, how old were you when you had the children? Oh, well, that's weird. Uh, I was, it was about 20 years ago, but I've frozen them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Your child okay, raising well, money on the internet. There's, from there's been some new, you know, a bit of new research <laughs> saying that my old sperm made me, made my child stupid. Yes, well, actually, ah, yes, yes yeah. that is the new. Uh, yeah, Andy, you want to take this? one? I can't find the link here. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can um, look it up. Yeah. We do know. Um, yeah, we have a few stories on this. A bunch of info came out this week on a huge new study they just did. I've heard this in before that like everyone always thinks uh, there are risks associated with older eggs, but um, that sort of guys are off the hook. But maybe not the case. Uh, children of older fathers are at risk of low IQ, autism, and suicide. Hmm. Um, yeah, children of uh, men Great. who are older are more likely to suffer from. Hmm. A my dad. My dad was way older. Oh. Well, and they turn how old, like, no, I'm, you, I'm at risk, is what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> yeah. You have all those things. It's clear from this conversation. Do you, can you tell me what age? What's the cutoff age? Okay, children born to a 45 year old man were 13 times more likely to have ADHD. Oh, than those. Well, oh thank God, only 11 times okay. more likely <laughs> <laughs> than those born to a 24 year old man, Phew. and were 3.5 times more likely to have autism, and 25 times more likely to have bipolar disorder. Wow. Um, they were also nearly twice as likely to have dropped out of school early and have lower IQs. Um, and this I'm was so the glad largest it's study. It's going to be my fault. Oh. <laughs> it was going to be anyway. It was going to be whatever happens. No, it was going to be your fault, buddy. Um, this is the biggest study of its kind. Um, it's, and it's found. Oh, yes. Uh, sorry. I was just. I thought it was going to quote the size of the study. Um, they're also nearly twice as likely to have dropped out of school early and have low IQs. Um, Brian D'Onofrio, lead author and associate professor at Indiana University, said he was shocked by the findings. The specific associations with paternal age were much, much larger than in previous studies. In fact, we found that advancing paternal age is associated with greater risk for several problems, Boy. such as ADHD, suicide, and substance abuse problems. If you are having kids at an old age, you might be kind of dumb. It's a dumb decision. Well, it's it not, might just be genetic. I think it's it a, a reverse be, of that, you know. No, I, yeah, it's a dumb decision. You might have. A no, dumb I think I think you waited until you had your shit together. I think it's a smarter decision. Uh, I think but, it's a but, common smarter decision. You, you want to be want, taking care of kids in your seventies? Why not? It's, no, it's too much effort. But there's You're no way idiot. of correlating. I mean, there's this sorry, is even if this is correlated, you can't prove that the causal link is specifically because of 
of age of your sperm versus just like the different experience a child has growing up with a father. Well, I've often said this older, you know, it could be, it could be I, like, I'm right? sorry. I, well, no, I've often, what you bring up is a, is a brilliant point. It might just be the different experience. I've often said this about people that say they have the Taco Bell shits. It, it is what it's not the Taco Bell that causes it. <laughs> You were you were drunk you were enough drinking. to get Taco Bell. Okay, uh, yeah, so you're you already going to have, you the, have shits. the shits. I've eaten yeah. Taco Bell sober before. You don't get the shits. It's crazy. I'm the only person who's ever done that. <laughs> but <laughs> not but, even the CEO of Taco Bell. Well, no. you've cracked the code. No, they get wasted to taste test at Taco Bell. <laughs> you could be you could be the Jared for Taco Bell, but instead of showing you could lose weight at Taco Bell, you could be like, I could still have a solid shit. It's actually a nutritious, well balanced <laughs> meal when you have it in it's the just, afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the campaign is just you leaving a toilet and you just look to camera and go. One wipe. <laughs> Jesse's the face of sober talking about. Um, yeah, actually, I just realized that there is a way you could probably uh, control against that by having kids who were raised by adoptive parents who were older. And I don't know if that was included in this study, but that'd be an interesting. That is that is if, interesting. If, uh, um, but according to the Office for National Statistics, the average woman gives birth just a week shorter for thirtieth birthday, um, while first-time mothers are also older at just over twenty-eight. The average age of fathers is now 32 years and six months, which I, I, that's older than I thought, I guess. I well, would have, yeah. well, there was another um, autism younger, story. Both younger than my how But old we're exceptional, guys. We're indigo. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's we're, we're so cl- I'm indigos. so clever that I decided to wait until my sperm, the DNA in my sperm was totally fucked before I passed on to my children. <laughs> no, listen. And also, no. you've got two daughters, right? Yeah. And, and uh, well, particularly as far as autism goes, we've got this other story that when, shows... When it's actual powder coming out of you, you probably should have called it quits. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think like, yeah. Like that stuff that comes out of mushrooms sometimes. Yeah, just a hard... Just, <laughs> yeah, just a... <laughs> when that's the noise you made, I think, <laughs> I think you should have... <laughs> okay. Um, there's a... Uh, uh, more genetic mutations might be needed to give ri- rise to autism in girls than in boys... Uh, this oh, new this study. is totally counteracting that previous story. Yeah. Well done, me. So you've done... You've, no, you've uh, having all that estrogen... You've knocked diet. it out your park, yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, knocked it out your park? <laughs> That's not right at all. I'm going for the don't worry about it advice. That sounds pretty good. He's, uh, he's like a scientific genius, this man. He worked on the neutrino thing. He knows about all this yeah, stuff. Don't worry about the autism. <laughs> It'll go away. Oh, okay. Use a nice warm doctor shower say. and a body wash. <laughs> this doctor who's also a pizza chef really puts <laughs> everything in perspective. Wash the autism No, it's away. like how, how uh, nine out of ten doctors agree on something. I always, I always want to see the one tin. You know, I, like, like uh, when you see a toothpaste commercial, I yeah, want to see the use, other dentist. It's like, use? fuck Crest. <laughs> <laughs> use mustard. Yeah. <laughs> I used crest on this side of my mouth and all my teeth fell out. <laughs> this finding, by the way, supports the notion that the female brain is somehow protected against autism, and this may in turn explain why four times as many males have autism than females. Um, although some... This is in the New Scientist. Um, although some cases of autism are associated with one mutation, most are thought to involve several uh, genetic abnormalities. In the past few years, hundreds of mutations have been discovered that can make people more vulnerable to the condition. Um, and to see if the mutations affect men and women differently, uh, Sébastien Jacquemont, we're all about the French, this one, or the, at the University Hospital of Lausanne in Switzerland, um, and colleagues measured the frequency of two different kinds of mutation in 762 families that have a child with autism. Among the children with autism, one class of mutation, known as a copy number variation, which is deletions or duplications of a large chunk of genetic material, was three times more common in girls than in boys. And the team also found that substitutions of a single letter of DNA were about one-third more common in effective girls. 
Mm. So Jacquemont says this suggests that it takes more mutations for autism to arise in girls than in boys. Females function a lot better than males with similar mutations. It's because the broads are difficult, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they make it tough on the mutations. <laughs> <laughs> they what? just... <laughs> who has the... I, this is like a really simple thing I ought to know. Who is XX and who is XY? XX is ladies. Yeah, XY is men. Oh, okay. So, so there is, I think, I believe sort of a theory, like the male chromosome is basically a mutation of the female chromosome because it's just a bit missing. Wasn't the, the penis uh, is, a, is a clitoris or something? Well, everything's analogous is down there, I think, yeah. Yeah. Like ovaries dist- descend and become testicles. The female and, yeah. mouth maps almost exactly to the male mouth. <laughs> very closely, very closely. Yeah, yeah. The eyes. <laughs> yeah. But isn't this sort of uh, reinforcing another thing? that We're well, not reinforcing, but um, coming at it from a different angle, but getting to the same result as a story we did a while back about how uh, even girls who have autism or Asperger's are somehow more equipped to overcome them just by kind of m- mimicking social patterns they see and well, sort of... Because these broads make it tough on the <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a... It's tied into... Jacquemont says its findings is compatible with the controversial idea that autism represents an extreme version of the male brain, hey. which was first put forward by Simon Baron-Cohen at the University of Cambridge. Also, Sasha Baron-Cohen's cousin. His cousin. It doesn't say that bit in the It's true. All men are on the... Autistic or Asperger? Aren't we all on the spectrum? Spectrum at some is that why way. it's a spectrum? You know why that can't be? Then what's the point of having the spectrum? If autism you, on it. Autism is another one of those ones like the measles that doesn't hit you hard because it sounds like the autumn. It's uh, it's just a yeah. pleasant sounding pleasant. thing. A pleasant like, word, sound yeah, autism could easily just be like a shade of paint for a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this or, is or something you'd see Bob Ross, you know. Uh, I'm just going to use a touch of yellow Titanium okra quiet and some, and some autism. autism here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to back out of this conversation slightly just because of the whole... Sounds a bit like rape. I worry that we're... we're um, no, this, I could just delete this bit. With no, 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 no. <laughs> but that, that men, at their, if you distill the ultimate manliness down to its... No, no, I was going to say that um, I'm not, I don't know how many jokes I can make about autism in the same way that I don't know how many jokes I can make about rape. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, okay. you have to be oh, careful. Sure, oh, well, sure, I'm not sure, making sure. jokes about autism, the disease. I'm making jokes about autism, the word, which I think is well, perfectly yeah. Like it's autumnal. It's yeah. just about yeah. the sound of the word autism. Sure, sure. No, I, I mean, the more I, we I say no, it, the more we take I'm not its power saying, away. I'm also. not saying I wouldn't make jokes about autism, but I'd No, I mean, I've definitely heard you, heard you do yeah, it in your... Yeah, what I kind of jokes they were. Well, we have, I know we have listeners who, with Asperger's, have written to us before, so... Yeah, absolutely. It's true. Yeah. So, write in with your opinion. We, I mean, we assume. <laughs> we assume. I, I mean, just, they haven't admitted to it. I think we, it sounds like the autumn. It's just a nice, pleasant... I think, well, it's like I was saying... What's it named after, do you know? I don't know. I love autism in the autumn. That's when it's, it's just phonetics. It is. Mm. Um, let's see. But if you want to back out, you can. <laughs> it's, not, it's not too late. It just shows a weakness on my part now. I'm really going to go for it and do some really horrific stuff. I really want to bring that. you back into these autism we, jokes. We can switch away from we switch away from biology for a second. <laughs> what do I have to do? There's, to there's a story that that, yeah. that I that I came across this week that I that spoke to uh, something that I sort of hold dear that I thought might be interesting to talk about. Um, there's a study that shows that uh, positive thinking doesn't actually do anything for you. It might actually be negative. It might actually hurt oh. you. Yeah. Mm. And I, it sort of uh, flies in the face of all these self-help books like The Secret and things like that. And negative thinking 
might help you. Well, not not so much that. No as, thing, not thinking at all is the best thing. And that's yeah, improv, yeah. folks. <laughs> hey, all right. So that's. I always thought that was don't the weirdest think. advice in improv. Like, don't th- like. What are don't, you saying? Don't think. Don't of course think, you think. think. Hey, like, that's I think they mean, don't second guess yourself rather than right. just go on like. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, the point being? Don't just stand there and go. Ooh, uh, uh, I gotta <laughs> think this out. Yeah, something about something about chips. Hold on, but I gotta think what it is. They're not saying don't think. They're just saying think fast. <laughs> well, there is that that thoughtlessness, like of when you, when you are performing and you're completely just in the pocket, right? Of getting right. completely out of your head. And that was the excuse that Michael Richards gave for saying the N word like <laughs> twenty times in a row. He was in the zone. He's like, yeah, he I was wasn't thinking. Zone. I was yeah. just, you know, he was operating at peak performance. Yeah, he mm. was he was experiencing what the psychologists refer to as flow at that moment. But sure. so this, this story. <laughs> This story suggests that people who make things like vision boards are unrealistic human beings. But and then don't and then don't have those visions realized. How did they right. prove there, there the study? A, they did a study with uh, a social psychologist named Gabriel Ottingen and Doris Mayer asked 83 German students to rate the extent to which they quote experienced positive thoughts, <laughs> images, or fantasies on the subject of transition into work life, German graduating from university, <laughs> looking for and finding a job. Two years later, they approached the same students and asked about their post-college job experiences, and those who harbored positive fantasies put in fewer job applications, received fewer job offers, and ultimately earned lower salaries. The same was true in other contexts, too. Students who fantasized were less likely to ask their romantic crushes on a date and more likely to struggle academically. Uh, so the pessimists surgery. are more likely to actually try and it's, do something. It's not, to... even, it's not even that it's pessimism, I don't think, but, but the lesson is, like, just because Oprah says she puts things on a vision board and thinks positively, yes, that's correlated with her success. That's not the causal, that's not the cause of her success. She's also very talented and hardworking. <laughs> things have always worked out for her because of those traits, which allows her to have this positive outlook. But if you just have that outlook and not her skills... I don't gonna... trust these Germans that they were thinking positively. <laughs> the I think they were lying. <laughs> <laughs> I like the they approached students. It reminds, reminds me of the beginning of Ghostbusters, <laughs> where it's just Bill Murray trying to get off with people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so are you thinking positively? Are you yes. thinking positively now? So, the whole time? <laughs> yes. So for a physics story, given that we have, we have a semi someone who dabbled in physics, right, okay. there's two possibilities, James. Would you prefer a rule-breaking black hole or quantum electric dewdrops? Ju- I think we're going with rule-breaking black hole based on the earlier quantum discussion. The quantum is hard. So uh, let's, you know, for this, is a, a black hole. Did you say a rule-breaking? Oh, by the way, I just I like I've just, that part just, of it. Just yeah. reminded me. I was going to say this earlier, but it doesn't really apply to anything we've been talking about. That just the one of the things that I learnt from my degree, because some of my part of my degree early on was that was computer science as well. I had to like do Fortran programming, um, and one of the things I learnt was if I pick up a book about um, computer theory or anything to do with that, and you flick to the back. In fact, any science book, and you flick to the back, and it, in the index is a reference to Alan Turing, then you should put the book down and not read it because there will be a huge part of it that discusses Turing machines, which is one of the most boring things Why, ever. I, I, I why do you trying. think they're so boring? Well, I just... Because... Because they are. Because there's... Why... Dis, because the theoretical... The mathematics of it, I remember being computers, But it's not just a thought real experiment. Now. Turing machines... Um, yeah, I remember just pages and pages of... Nested brackets. Yeah, they're just like it's, <laughs> it's just brackets it's thing, within brackets within brackets of form of. But maybe I don't. Like I thought I'd best. studied these. Maybe I haven't. Isn't it just a way of of sort of approximating what a, an actual 
program, like the algorithmic approach to how a, a program is... I don't know, because I've avoided reading the bits of the books. <laughs> well, I worked on this it. for a little while. I can... <laughs> oh, okay, fine. <laughs> like there are ru- rules tables associated, right? There are like, yeah. you, it's like an infinite tape oh, like an infinite with tape. signs right. on it and yes. then symbols, and then the Which machine go reads, it? then it goes backwards and forwards, or it eats the tape, or Up it asks and... for help or something. I don't and really know. A tape it. that's divided it into cells, a head that can read and write symbols on the tape, a state registers that stores the state of the machine, a finite table of instructions... Um, yeah, so then it just and operates I know people have now actually tape, made these and programmed real things on them. And I so know, but why? That's like that's so pointless. There are proper computers tape? you can do that on. Why make a computer that's much harder to operate? <laughs> I don't know. It's why? like people re- rebuilding Babbage's. Well, you make a very long tape and trust that you're never going to need to get to the end of it for the program that you're making. For you, the, sort of an infinite tape. The infinite tape is a theoretical part of it. I, it's, I just Absolutely. thought you could use one is. one fish bootleg. <laughs> that would be <laughs> feels like an infinite tape. Be okay. enough. Despite its simplicity, so a Turing machine, according to Wikipedia, a hypothetical device that manipulates symbols on a strip of tape according to a table of rules, and despite its its simplicity, a Turing machine can be adapted to simulate the logic of any computer algorithm. Hey, Andy, you know what I think of when I hear simplicity in computers? What? I think of Squarespace. I'll sponsor. Yeah. I was <laughs> just so thinking about I. that myself. I because I was. It's so simple to use. If you want to build a website, you're an idiot. On the level of Alan Turing, if you don't <laughs> use Squarespace, it's just so simple. And if you go to squarespace.com slash probably science, you'll get 10% off your first you get purchase. 10% off because you get a free trial. I mean, what what kind, of kind of stuff could you, could you do you with this? You can build your own site. You can build an online portfolio. You can do anything. You can just pick from a number of awesome looking <laughs> templates and have something that looks like a professional did it right out of the gate. And hey, you Danny, can just when you were a drop. web designer. And, uh, yes, <laughs> you, I was a web designer <laughs> and for Israeli a few web years. Designer. I forgot. Uh, I, I, it was much more difficult back then, but Squarespace seems to make it a lot easier, which is great for the new generation of people. Well, because it's just a, a simple drag-and-drop interface. When I did it, it was before it was digital. We used to use <laughs> real bricks and stuff to build yeah. them. It was, it was tough. It was cut, mm. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You used to have to cut your cement. website out of magazines mm. and stick it on a vision board whole building someday. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what yeah. we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can think positively about Squarespace, you guys. Yeah, but that won't yeah. let you down. Because that'll pay off because yes. it's, it's a positive thing. Mm. Squarespace is so fucking awesome, you guys. I think that... Um, <laughs> I like that you're not going to have to keep in my rather boring Turing comment in order to get to this. I used to use gallons of spackle when I used to build websites. Oh. <laughs> I bet there probably is a website called Spackle that's like some sort of... Gallons oh, of Spackle. Sure. It's probably like a thing that it's a plug-in for Squarespace now. You kidding me? <laughs> There's a site called Cracked that recently linked to our Gallagher episode in a list of uh, of celebrities who are associated with video games or something? Yeah, Cracked.com had a, uh, a list of, I think, I think terrible celebrity video game tie-ins. And there was a Gallagher game that came out at some point in the 80s. And it said at that point, uh, Gallagher, blah, blah, before he went crazy racist, man. And in the, it, in the process went. of that, it linked to <laughs> yeah. one of our listeners. I can't remember who. Sorry I'm sorry to not be able to name check you. But one of our listeners found that and said, hey, do you know you're linked to in this? Yeah, we'll post track. to that. On, if you go to Squarespace, if you go to probablyscience.com, powered by Squarespace, you'll see all the links to this week's episode and stories. stories that we he also worked on Gravity with the hammer and the melon. Gallagher. Yeah. Gallagher did. He consulted Gallagher. on the Coron movie. He worked on... You know, we went from apples to watermelons. Yep. Basically, it, it, yeah. just about much better physicist than Newton. He was a much larger fruit. No, because, because he actually got into the fluid dynamics.
economics of it, the yeah. spread. Yeah. You yeah. know, if um, our, on our episode, he took credit okay. for inventing the concept of splashing. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. I know, <laughs> splashing science from <laughs> Galileo like being to in a bath, like, having he a was, splash around. He yeah. was saying that like SeaWorld and Shamu, the popularity of people getting splashed at SeaWorld, like that was cop, that was riding the coattails of his watermelon thing. Uh, like, people didn't realize until him he that audiences want to get splashed. They so this is black hole in a nearby galaxy. Thank you. That is blowing this mighty wind. A black hole. The black hole is about a hundred times the mass of the sun, but it's causing the emission of millions of times more energy, which is breaking a long-accepted rule about the way black holes feed. I knew it. I knew that rule was yeah. fucking stupid. The discovery suggests that even small black holes may play a larger role in galaxy evolution than previously realized. Uh, when black holes consume matter from their surroundings, the incoming gas and dust reach scorching temperatures just before falling in. The hot gas emits powerful winds of radiation, and theory has it that the energy in these winds cannot exceed a certain limit tied to the black hole's mass, which is called the Eddington limit. Oh, um, that's what the Eddington limit Fuck is. Fuck you, Eddington. Yeah. Yeah. He was wrong. <laughs> what a dick. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to think that Eddington is the actor Paul Eddington, who from the sitcom The Good Life in, it was. in England. He was, a, he was a beloved actor, but he at the was. same time... now dead. Now uh, dead. So uh, he can't even defend his own... A limit. wonderful, but it turns out inaccurate physicist oh. uh, and cosmologist. Winds more powerful than the Eddington limit would blow the incoming gas away and halt the black hole's like blow growth. blow it away like with a gun? Or so we thought. Uh, yeah, it would literally be the gun. Oh. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Um, so they thought that would blow the incoming gas away and stop it from feeding. Recent astronomers have been finding black holes blowing especially powerful jets, <laughs> and they wonder if they could be breaking the Eddington limit. Mm. Um, well, wonder no more, because Roberto Soria of Curtin University in Western Australia and his colleagues have measured the mass of one of those apparent outlaws. Good man. Mm. And found it does, in fact, blow the stronger winds, uh, blow stronger winds than its mass should allow. That suggests the Eddington limit is more of a guideline than a rule. Says Surya. Um, they found the black hole in a spiral galaxy called yeah, the S- Southern Pinwheel. Oh, <laughs> it's a, it's I've heard of that. A I like the idea that there are guidelines rather than theories. If what's a spiral? What's a spiral galaxy? Um, I think I believe our galaxy is a spiral galaxy. Mm. It's one that looks like a spiral, basically. Yeah, there, there's there s- actually several. It's like several interleaved spirals, isn't it? Or is it? No, it's just one spiral. I don't know. Yeah, the Milky Way. Has like then if it's if it's a single spiral then it only has one arm doesn't it? Oh, oh no, we have multiple arms in our galaxy. Yeah, yeah, two. Minutes. So I don't like, know. I see what you got. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, know the but the some southern. Sort of, some sort of Shiva, and if it's yeah, if it's called the southern Shiva pinwheel, one. I guess that it, those are different <laughs> has, layouts. Yeah. yeah, pinwheel would have more than one arm, doesn't it? But uh, is it? Or does it? No, I think oh. I would have thought a pinwheel would just. Oh, have, only has one. Ah, yes, you're right. Hang on, wait a second. What? No, pinwheels have like four. No, pinwheels have several. Oh, well, who knows? Write in. Email us probably science at gmail.com and remember to add the subject line. Pinwheels. Pinwheel. Are you, are you a little girl? Do you know about pinwheels? <laughs> right? Pinwheel, um, pinwheel, So pinwheel. one of the most, this is one of the most studied galaxies in our cosmic neighborhood and they observed a bright black hole for over a year. They measured its output in visible lights, x-rays and radio waves. Uh, the object weighs in at about 100 times the mass of the sun, making it relatively small for black holes, but the amount of energy it emits is a few times higher than its Eddington limit. Uh, the black hole's brightness also means that it must have been eating at this extreme rate for at least 10,000 years. Hungry. Uh, says mm-hmm. team member Knox Long of the Space Telescope Science Institute in Baltimore, Maryland. There was some question about whether one could exceed the Eddington lum- luminosity on a very short time scale, but that wouldn't be as interesting, he says. This shows it's not a transient thing. It has to be pretty persistent. So what do we really... What is? What changes with, with this knowledge? Um, not much. Still exciting and... 
We just know a little more about yeah. something we don't know much about. None of that is useful for anyone writing a film set near a black <laughs> hole. Well, it says figuring it out. Might we don't have to go back and rewrite Disney's The Black Hole yet. All we know is that what we thought we knew, we don't know. Yeah. Well, it might be a key to how um, some black holes in the early universe grew hundreds of thousands of times more massive than the sun in a shorter time than theoretically possible. Um, and the southern pinwheel might be key to understanding how they I, grow so fast. Oh, I'm confused because my understanding of black holes is that they start off as stars anyway and collapse and collapse and so that their mass is sort of defined by the initial mass of the star that they but then they can absorb other if nearby yeah. stuff gases right. and whatever I suppose yeah. yeah they're just failed businesses they're just wants <laughs> to drag, drag, drag everybody else down the in the neighborhood square yeah. space you guys hey. that's what it is there it is there it is now uh, guys I feel like we have time for one more sure uh, you know, yeah. I'd like to think I really brought my physics knowledge to that. <laughs> I, no, no, absolutely, like. absolutely. Um, well, you said you know, when when I asked you to do the show, you had a sudden horrified moment where you thought you were being asked on as the science, <laughs> the scientist guest rather. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, no, you're on as a comedian. Don't I'm on as the science, <laughs> as we've discussed. Clearly. You're the one with the intensely. I can't think of the word I was going to say. Doesn't matter. Move on. <laughs> what, Back, what, what, what? Science background. It's intensely something. Science background. Oh, this good. is good. I don't, think what think I did there was I thought. The word was don't good, think. Really. Don't yeah, think. Don't think. Don't, don't think. think. <laughs> don't think. You almost got a no and. Yeah. yeah. There. You can't, can't do that. You can't do that. Um, so, guys, uh, interesting, interesting news. Now, obviously, our listeners um, just jerk off for 3D printers. Right. Just love People 3D love printer 3D stories. Printers love them. And they also love sending in stories. They love sending in stories. So we got best of both worlds here. Uh, did you guys know that scientists have created a revolutionary new electronic membrane that could replace pacemakers, fitting over a heart to keep it beating regularly over an indefinite period of time? Wow. So this is the story that was sent in by Julian awesome. Alberto, who I met in Grand Rapids. It's like a, twi oh, yes. it's like a twitching membrane, a mm -hmm. self-twitching membrane. Yeah, yeah. Um, the device uses a spiderweb-like network of sensors and electrodes to continuously monitor the heart's electrical activity and could, in the future, deliver electrical shocks uh, to maintain a healthy heart rate. Researchers from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and Washington University in St. Louis used computer modeling technology and a 3D printer to create a prototype membrane and fit it on a rabbit's heart keeping the organ operating perfectly. That rabbit's going to live forever. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they kept it operating perfectly outside of the body oh, in a nutrient and oxygen-rich solution. It's going to keep going and going the and going. Hey, 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 there oh, it is. Nice. In, a, in a few thousand years' time, they're going to dig that still-moving heart out of the permafrost. <laughs> yeah. oh. And John Carpenter's great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson will be there to document it. Um, yeah, they said it's uh, unlike current pacemaker implantable defibrillator technology, the thin elastic membrane will be custom made to fit, quote, snugly over the real heart. Like a glove. <laughs> oh, then there'll be all, then there'll be like an awkward thing about. I'm afraid you've got a really fat heart, so we have to, you know, get you the bigger size. Oh, <laughs> and can if I just get a small, I can fit in a smaller one. Right. They'll just have like <laughs> euphemistic ways of describing yeah. it. Yeah. In there. You're gonna, it's a husky heart. Yeah. You you're gonna have to get the heart mittens. Yeah. So that's what My people mean when they bones. say you have a big heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh, he's got a really big heart. It's gonna be tough to keep. You're <laughs> gonna have to go. Yeah. And they said uh, that quote cardiac socks of a similar design have been around since the 80s. I haven't heard that term before, but I like it. Uh, but they had previously been crude fabric sleeves and electrodes sewn into place. Yeah, but, uh, my, uh, I would always only have one cardiac sock left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> After the the other one's a little crusty on the floor there. Yeah. <laughs> Problem with the old cardiac socks. Being a young single guy with heart problems. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Get that away from me. I was going to say something about the band, the Cardiacs, but that's much the worst more sexy. part. Is they're not. <laughs> 
they're not nearly as cuddly after. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. After you use a cardiac sock like that, it's nice to have something cuddly. No, so, I know. So this thing, when it senses such a catastrophic event as a heart attack or or arrhythmia, uh, it can also apply high definition ther- therapy. Oh, high uh, definition is a word overused. Mm-hmm. It should only be applied to televisions. <laughs> so you don't like the definition? Well, it's been. I know I like the definition. Oh, the definition <laughs> of, of the, the word. Oh, 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 yeah. Uh, no, but yes. It depends on the context. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, that was said by biomedical engineer Igor Efimov of Washington University, who helped design and test the device, and also has the exact perfect name yeah. for a scientist who makes fake hearts. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What else? He, he probably, Igor. Yeah. He probably was do- messing around in the basement when he was a kid. Doing, <laughs> to, I've made another a, one. Yeah, with like a, a Duracell hooked up to a rat. Like, yeah, absolutely. Igor, come upstairs. We're having fish sticks. <laughs> Get mum. <laughs> the rabbit is alive. <laughs> alive. Oh, it's died. Rabbit for supper. Yeah. <laughs> Igor's parents have fish sticks for dinner. I love it. <laughs> Igor comes downstairs ramming fish sticks. How old is Igor? Like five, five, six. How's that, that your go to dinner example? I love it. Stovetop stuffing. Fuck this rabbit. Yeah. Um, uh, so they said they uh, compared the silicon, silicon sleeve to the heart's natural membrane, the pericardium. Um, saying that this artificial pericardium is instrumented with high-quality man-made devices that can sense and interact with the heart in different ways that are relevant to clinical cardiology. Because the, they're saying that the artificial pericardium is better than, the than nature's own pericardium. Yes. Yeah, we've done it better, nature. It's like Screw when I heard, you with your thousands and millions of years. Well, as the saying goes, build a better pericardium, and the world will beat it. <laughs> well, it's like, a, yeah. it's like a heart cover band. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good deal. You know, the band Hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. it's like a heart cover band that's better than heart. Exactly. You know what I mean? But then that, that bring, like, how could you be? How could you be better than heart? Because I've heard, like, a, I heard a Zeppelin cover band that sounds way better than the Was Zeppelin live ladies? stuff. No, no. It wasn't one of those. It wasn't Zepparella. Okay. Was it Zepp again? No. No. Uh, this is uh, this is out of Nashville. They were called, like, Black Dog or something. Oh, okay. oh Black uh, Dog. They're the ones who do autism in the autumn. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, it's a weird B-side that, um, that came out of that. It was sort of a Jimmy Page solo deal. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting when, when you're like, oh, they're better than. Yeah. But then how can they be? Because like, that's, the, that's what sets that's the bar. That's the thing. Mm. Yeah, that's the well, thing that is the, the bar, 100%. Yeah, but just be better. Like, Val Kilmer is a better Jim Morrison than the real Jim Morrison. That might be true. I think. That might be true. But, but, I think but, Dustin Hoffman is a better Lenny Bruce than the real Lenny Bruce. But more oh. realistic. I mean, that's the thing. You can't say more realistic. You could no. say a better version, a more preferable version. Absolutely. Yeah, with all the bad stuff cut out. It's just the good yeah. bits. Right. I think uh, Epcot Center's Mickey Mouse, the one that I met and had a photo with, is much better than the ones in the drawings. <laughs> he was more alive. <laughs> he was. More friendly, You could certainly. touch him. Yeah. You, wow. You're going up to the screen and touching him in <laughs> cinema. Yes, weird. Yeah. that third it's dimension going frowned on. upon. Funny that you picked Epcot of all the Disney parks. To yeah, meet it's Mickey the experimental the one that I don't prototype. Think, I'm not even sure the characters even right, walk around think, it. Yeah, <laughs> right. just magic. That was just that was just a guy who weren't supposed to be touching. <laughs> <laughs> he looked mousy. Yeah. There's no Epcot here, is there? It's just Disney no, World. No. It's just in Florida. Yeah. It's just the experimental prototype city of tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it means. I, know, I think it's so it's delusional so of Walt Disney. That's the voice from my the theme. That's my voice, my '40s voice. Yeah, '40s voice, Jesse here. '40s voice. And what's this? Jimmy stumbled into Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse did the theme song for my podcast with that voice. And for ours. It's, a, it's an incredible voice. Hey, do you have a podcast? I'll do your theme song. No, yes. but I'm going to start one now. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, You'll have a good theme be song. Set. It's, it's going to be good, about 1940s-style theme songs. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> so we'll need a 
exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> the perfect. Thing. perfect. To start it off, Danny, how can listeners check out your podcast? Um, it's on iTunes, oh. and there's a website, moderndayphilosophers.net. Matt is the, as we mentioned, the very first guest I ever had on, and it's a, it, it was a great, it was a we great inaugural episode. We 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 mostly talked about the Alien Wars exhibit in the Trocadero Center, in oh, which is no longer there now. It's not there anymore. Trocadero is finally closed. abducted. Oh, was the Trocadero closed? The Trocadero is closed. Yeah, so well, everything all gone. Uh, People were Facebooking about it the other day. It's, yeah. I think it closed down about a week ago. That's a, a massive thing in the middle of Piccadilly Circus, like huge buildings. Miniature bowling. With, yeah, miniature bowling, oh, no. arcades, and all sorts of things. Most profitable business in there, apparently, the sweet shop. Oh, candy the one store. right the entrance. Yeah. But, yeah, we did. We Little did. Trocadero trivia. My uncle used to work for the company that owned it. Oh, oh really? No longer. He could have saved it, but... When they opened the, that 3D, what the Sega World bit, yeah, I got, we got to go like for Family Day before it opened to test all the rides. Ah. And oh, most of the virtual escalators, re- as they were called, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and all, they had like really early virtual reality stuff, but they because it was the test week, it was before it opened to the general public. Everything was a bit out of focus, and it made you incredibly sick. <laughs> like, it's just, did, any, did anybody uh, ever use one of those? What are they called? Virtuality headsets? Yeah, I remember they had them. They had them at they the had those. yeah. Remember, like the like the oh, original virtual reality, yeah. where you stand in that you stand in a sort of ring, and you have the big heavy headset yeah. on. And that's still what the, the future's going to be. Man. I still hold out hope that's what the future's going to be. Someday yeah. that will be ubiquitous. We're going to all have stupid headsets on and yeah, live like we're in uh, that. Uh, what was that uh, uh, Keanu Reeves movie? Virtuosity oh. was that yes, the one yeah. or one of those? There was a whole bunch of nineties movies about virtual reality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like Lawnmower Man, uh, right? Yeah. Um, there was a Denzel Washington one. There's like the net there was where the internet is just evil. Mick Jagger and gets you. Mick Jagger oh, Free and Jack. Hopkin, Free Jack, Hopkins. yeah. Oh man, I totally forgot about the, the net. Nineties, oh, nineties virtual reality movies. Pierce Brosnan and was, Sandra he was Bullock one with him, I think. Oh no, that's a different. That's the. Or is that the Thomas Crown Affair? The net. It? No, the net. Yeah, the net. The net. The Sandra net. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, Sandra Bullock, and it's not Pierce Brosnan. It's someone like James Purefoy, Jeremy North, Jeremy Northam. I think it's Jeremy Northam okay. from Sense and Sensibility or one of those. Okay. But it's just one of those right. things where there's new technology, Being a bad so people don't quite understand it, so you can just be like, yes, the, yeah. the internet as this abstract thing is going to get you somehow. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some kind of disc involved. Yeah, there's a disc. Oh, there's, there's always a, a it's always a three and a half inch floppy, yeah, and yeah. it's, ugh. No, I think this was the little small ones. Like cartridges. No, the di- how? Hold on, that's a three and a half inch. No, five yeah, and a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Five, three and a half got, inch are the small ones. Yes, yeah, so I've got some five yeah. and a quarter ones at home. But really, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it all worked out with the way. internet. No harm there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the worry for not. Sandra Bullock's doing it now for Gravity, the new one, the new. Yeah, but the new, uh, if I'm, the new if discovery. Had, uh, real quick, to yeah, yeah. The thing we did also talk about a philosopher. That's, we did also talk about a philosopher. That is the that's the and idea his philosophies of, of the show. So we do we, different. Is it one philosopher per episode of one comedian guest discussing that person? Yeah, and we try to match up the philosopher with the comedian and find a connection between them in some way. Okay. So I saw you had Yakov Smirnov on the show. I did, yeah, and Who we the... we talked to the Dostoevsky. Awesome. So sometimes awesome. it's just as simple as you know where they're from, but some because Matt also we picked a, an English philosopher. We talked. Uh, about uh, George Barclay, right? Is that right? I remember who was it? It was someone that I'd yeah, never heard of before. That, but that, that, it was, that was him. Right. That was him. But uh, but then sometimes like the connection is better. Like I did one with Artie Lang where mm-hmm. we talked Arthur Schopenhauer. I forget how to say his name, but he talks about suicide and Artie tried to commit suicide. So we talk about the philosophy of why someone would commit suicide in life and all that kind of stuff. So 
I, I'm proud of it. I like it. Yeah, good. You, so I you like, just, you just try to give all your serious. guests some sort of weird traumatic flashback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think no, it's because he talks about Vietnam and he was in Vietnam, <laughs> so I thought, like, I'd get him on there together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just think, uh, yeah. And then the first 20 minutes of every podcast is discussing the correct pronunciation of the philosopher's name. <laughs> it is. I, I, I can't pronounce any of the names. That's fine. But, so that's it. It's called and, and then all the, and is your guest at a disadvantage because you, they don't tend to know who the philosopher is? No, because I don't know either. Oh, okay, I, neither I, of you do. Yeah, well, neither of us So you do. just basically, is it an Arab so you reading out them. stuff from Wikipedia? Right. My friend is like a philosophy wizard, and he's a really talented comedian and comedy writer in New York named Alex Fasella, and he picks out the philosopher. I just tell him who's coming, and then I print it out when the person, usually when the person gets there, so we both see it. There's no disadvantage. Oh, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. No, that's a lot, good. Of, a lot of people say, "Why don't you prep for the show more?" But <laughs> but but it seems really unprepared. <laughs> How many people have been like a lot of people have been saying? <laughs> I was really looking forward to people, you know, eloquently discussing this philosopher. But there was quite a lot of who. But what, yeah, this guy. I, I, I feel like he do. I don't understand. He it. says. Uh, I feel it's unfair for one person to have the advantage mm -hmm. in the conversation, and uh, I think it's better we both come at it. I like the doing it that way, but. So you they, had Bill Burr on to talk about Adam Smith. I got to check that out. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we talked about banking. Uh, the Lewis Black one was really good. We talked about psychics. He believes in psychics, and okay. uh, we had William James. So yeah, I don't know. That's it. It's philosophers and comedians, and uh, sounds good, man. Sounds good. You, and we'll you made the damn best theme song ever. Oh, it's a it's a solid theme <laughs> it's song. Such a good I can theme make song. the shit out of a theme song, you guys. <laughs> Holy shit, oh, Jesse, boy. that theme song is amazing. Well, uh, really really People ties like the room the theme together. Song a lot really better than the show. Ties the room. Really. <laughs> uh, James, where can our listeners find out about you? Um nowhere in particular. I don't I don't have a thing to you promote. Don't tweet I don't all. I don't need no, I don't really. I've I I am on Twitter, but I tweet like very rarely. I mean, I I retweeted that Ellen picture, so I must be pretty out there. Um, <laughs> oh, you really? Yeah, yeah. You broke the internet. Internet. I I made it yeah. one million. It was nine 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 nine. You broke the then net. I yeah. I did it. Um, well, you're all over uh, that Mitchell and Webb look, which is yeah, it was uh, not on, on anymore. So um, but it's all over. No, no, I know, but it's on Netflix. Oh, it's it's on Netflix. Oh, really? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I was just encouraging also, people to watch. Almost all of it is on YouTube in individual sketches. If you want to make it really yeah. hard for yourself to watch it, <laughs> or be very picky about which ones you watch. But I can't recommend it highly enough. It's some of the best sketch comedy that I've ever seen. Yeah. So well, listeners the, with Netflix, do you know the ones that you really really like those sketches? I wrote those. Okay. No, absolutely, absolutely. We actually we would have when I was taking UCB classes, like our instructor would make us. Go watch that Mitchell Webb sketches, but like particular ones to study like the structure of good really well. sketch writing and like. Can give me an example of one that you that was, was used as an uh, example? Um, with I'll the, tell you if I wrote it or not. Uh, superhero and I forgot what the um, oh um like a uh, BMX bandit yes, or something yes, yes, and an old yeah, yeah. no that I didn't run that. Okay. Next. What was the premise? What was, Wait, what was, was the premise of that? I can't remember what it was. Uh, BMX it was Bandit and a guy that can like call like yeah. uh, yes, Angel, oh, yeah. Angel Summoner. Angel and BMX Summoner. Angel yeah. Summoner. Yeah. It was the, 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 two superheroes with vastly mismatched yeah. powers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the one I've the only one that I've wrote of any interest to anybody is a series of running sketches based around a game show called Number Wang. Oh, number one! You, you wrote, wrote number one. Yeah. Oh my God, number one! Number one is the best. I'm favorites. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> no, number so one is so it's fucking so good. We have people. We have, I have a number one T-shirt. Do you really? Yeah. You we no. Wang. You made your own. No, no. You can get them off like Cafe Press. Like people. Oh, like made who them. the hell is That's doing amazing. that? And not paying me money. Some there are people who genuinely have like emailed 
uh, or spoken, like, accosted people on the street who are involved with that and said, oh, so we've worked out the rules. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, Which I, I love. And I really like, I say, well, what, what are they? And they say, and then just and then as soon as they start speaking, I say, there are no rules. There are no, rules no, but there are no, we worked, and there are no rules. Well, it's I'm sure, sketch. yeah, if you were to watch every one, you could find some weird... A pattern. You could yeah. find a pattern and be like, okay, well, uh, uh, it's never a weird prime, but I mean, how boring is that? I just fucking it's, it's, love, it's a high I, concept, fast paced game show. Yeah, I love no apparent rules. I love a lot of it. stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, number wing is so great. Um, there's some. Also, I'm a huge like World War II nerd, so I love all the crazy World War II stuff. Ah. that's always always. I mean, it seemed to a lot of stuff seemed to center around that. Oh, there's a like whole Stalingrad thing about, and like yeah, yeah, there's a whole well, there's a sketch there's a very famous sketch that they did called Are We the Baddies? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Which is like almost the first one of the first things that they ever filmed with the uh, yeah the Nazis looking at their. But there was a there was a recurring skulls one. on their caps and things. There's one about Admiral Dernitz becoming. Oh, I can't remember. I remember being very hungover that morning. Sure, sure. <laughs> there was a. Well, there was also the one about uh, Queen Victoria giving America our Lindenberry bushes. Oh yeah, yeah. Trees. That, which features my um, old-fashioned American accent. Yeah, slightly southern. Can I have an orange? Oh, Danny wants an orange. Danny wants an orange. You're welcome to try, but those things uh, are those so those are awful. The ones by the pool yeah. are great. We should yeah, um, we should probably sign off then. And yeah, we should we should sign sorry, off. It's orange the time. Show is over. No, um, <laughs> and we I do have, actually no. I do have things you can find stuff online. Good. I do I do a character called Peter Jackson, which is basically Peter Jackson. Yeah, and <laughs> you can find that on um, Funny or Die. Peter Jackson spelled like P E E D E R J I G S O N. I haven't Excellent. done it for a while, but I I like it. Great. Well, Matt, I can't That's believe awesome. you fucking wrote Number Wang. It's yeah, like weird. So I'm like great. weirdly, go I'm weirdly we're gonna starstruck. Post, we're gonna <laughs> go to really go to probably science. <laughs> go to probablyscience.com and we're gonna post some links to some great Mitchell Webb sketches. No, weird, there, so. weirdly starstruck. Yeah. Like pissed myself laughing. <laughs> That's awesome. First time I saw Number Wang. <laughs> All right, Danny's out. All right, Danny yeah. went to Danny your, your podcast too, Danny. What? <laughs> I thought no, you were leaving in anger because we're. <laughs> So flattering of, a, of our guests. Okay, as as always, as always, any questions, comments, clarifications, you can uh, email us probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. If you're in the LA area, uh, oh, 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 need to yes. mention this. Yeah, if yeah. you're in the LA area, um, uh, this Friday, I mean, we mentioned it last week as well, but this Friday, I am headlining at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, it's the Friday eight o'clock show, and Andy's also on the show. A uh, friend of the show, TJ Chambers, is going to be on the, there as well. Jesse is now not going to be able to make no, it. I'm at, oh, no, oh. I'm at a... Uh, if, if anyone doesn't want to drive that far, <laughs> um, go to Comedy and Magic Club, 8 p.m. Um, check out Jesse Case. And the, so we're all, we're all over town that night. But yeah, definitely, this, Matt and Andy are both the improv. It's going to be a killer show. Yeah, we, promo code Matt on the website. Well, uh, the promo code Matt gets you a discount on the tickets, but there's, there's a limited free guest list as well that you can, you can get onto. So if you just go to the Facebook page, which I've tweeted and I've linked to, uh, if you go to that Facebook page, you can... Add your name on there, and you can get on the free guest list. I just want to pack the place out, so please nice. come down. How many T's are you? Uh, two T's. Good. I'm a double well, T cushion. Normal. Standard, standard, standard normal. Double T cushion. I'm a double T cushion. Very normal. Uh, and uh, um, so please come down to that. Um, as always, write us nice, write nice reviews on iTunes. Give us nice ratings. Uh, if you want to donate, probablyscience.com. Uh, and also, if you want to buy anything on Amazon, use our promo link, and we get a little bonus and it costs you no extra and thank you very much for listening please tune in next week thanks and hopefully see you on friday thanks guys thanks for having me bye